Welcome to the Everything Aesthetics Podcast, designed to help you unlock the secrets of building and sustaining a successful medical spa. This episode is brought to you by Derm Aesthetic Consulting, a company dedicated to helping owners, managers, and providers build and sustain a successful med spa business or aesthetic career. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Lisa Jenks and Ashley A.J. James. Welcome back to the Everything Aesthetic Podcast. This is our second session, and we're so glad that you are joining us. Yes. In this session, AJ and I are going to talk, uh, we're going to revisit the issue of why so many medical spas fail. As we told you uh, in our first uh, um, session, over 40% of medical spas fail. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about two big reasons. One, uh, owners not being aware of the legalities behind medical spas and therefore not being compliant. And two, staffing issues, which is my personal um, Achilles heel. Ashley's going to start us off by sharing a personal story that demonstrates why compliance is so very important. Right. This is this is kind of my baby. And any time that I'm on site with one of our med spa customers, this is the thing that I drive home the most because, you know, when I first got into this industry, there were no rules and regulations. This was, you know, I opened up my first clinic at the, the forefront of all of this. And um, as the rules and regulations started changing, I kind of got mixed up in all of that. So, you know, in, in my home state, um, I am obviously very aggressive and very determined. I'm a little serial entrepreneur and I grew very successfully very quickly. And it's kind of like what Biggie Small says, the more money, the more problems. And so, you know, I'm not a physician like you, Dr. Lisa. And so my success obviously got the attention of my competitors who were physicians and you know, started to attack me. And with that attack came accusations of not being compliant or practicing outside of my scope. And I mean, even claiming that I was pretending to be a nurse. I mean, just ridiculous accusations. And I've always been kind of ahead of the industry and knowing where it's going to go and making sure that my businesses and myself were properly uh, set up the right way, properly educated. You know, in my state, I was the very first nationally certified laser technician in my state. So, I mean, I have always just been kind of a nerd when it comes to education and technology. Like if it's new, I want to know about it. I want to, I want to be the expert. So this was a very hard thing for me to go through. And I honestly continued to go through it during my entire career owning companies because I was so successful. And as laws and regulations changed, you have to kind of be able to withstand that. So, you know, I don't think a lot of med spa owners understand that Owning a med spa is essentially the practice of medicine. Absolutely. So AmSpa has come in and thankfully has started to really um, kind of shape the industry. They've gone state to state and really try to help the boards understand our industry and set guidelines as far as training and experience go, which has been so helpful. Um, but I still see it. You know, we, we see it with our students that are coming Absolutely. in and trying to get training. You know, I want to open up a med spa and it's okay. You need a medical director. What's that? And so, you know, even though this industry is so huge, they there's still not a lot of education on really what needs to be done. So I'm going to break it down for you. Um, 
you know, if you're going to open up a med spa and you're going to perform medical spa services, a medical spa service is a medical service. So you cannot perform a medical spa service unless that is delegated by a physician or a medical director, such as a nurse practitioner. And um, if you are and you're not the, you know, you're not delegated or you're not overseen properly, you can get into some serious trouble. Um, thankfully, I never had any of that issue. You know, I, I was accused of that, but I, you know, always had medical directors. I always had physicians. I mean, it got to be such a headache for me that I just, you know, fine, go big, go home. I opened up a dermatology practice and my partner was a dermatologist and he was there all the time along with my nurse practitioners. And even then, I still had people that were, you know, questioning me. So, you know, thankfully, I was set up the right way. But if you're one of those people that just doesn't know Ignorance is not going to get you out of trouble. You have to be set up the right way and you have to do things the right way, not only legally, but for your patients. Absolutely. That's that's such a critical point is for patient safety and patient protection. In um, AJ's from Iowa and I'm from Colorado and Colorado unfortunately, is still fairly lax with a lot of these legalities. And I'm asked to be medical director all the time of med spas um, who are hours away from me. Mm -hmm. And that happens throughout the state of Colorado. There is no way I'm going to do that. Legally, I have to be within a 30-minute drive of anybody that I am supervising. Right. And my ethics are such that I would never not do otherwise. And as you say, that's because of patient safety. If something goes wrong, um, you as a provider, if you're an esthetician or an RN, you want a medical director who is going to be able to have your back by being physically present. Oh, absolutely. And in Iowa, it's it's even more lax. It's 60 mile radius. And, you know, we're seeing a trend, Lisa, where um, in bigger states like Texas or Arizona, doctors are looking at becoming a medical director as kind of like a moonlighting situation where yes. they can earn extra revenue, an extra fifteen, two thousand dollars a month. I mean, there was one clinic that I um, that I worked with that had a medical director that was a medical director for 20 other med spas. I don't know how you can really ensure compliance when you're not on site. And doctors need to pay attention to this because, again, you know, if you are overseeing somebody, for example, Lisa, that's doing cosmetic filler and something happens like an ocular occlusion and your medical director isn't available, I mean, wow. You are going to be in legal trouble. The medical director is going to be in legal trouble, and there's likely going to be a patient who's going to be very negatively impacted. Right. So, you know, take the time, if you're listening, make sure that you understand your state rules and regulations. A lot of states are now finally being regulated by the radiation board or the cosmetology board, but really check with the medical board. That's kind of the the Taj Mahal of your state boards. Ask them, you know, how they need to be, um, how you need to be set up or how you need to be regulated um, and really just fall into line what they are comfortable with. And if you follow what the medical boards are wanting, then and, and you're usually going to be okay. And that that's what my situation was. The medical board was always happy with me. It was the cosmetology board of nail techs and hair salons that didn't understand laser technology or IPL technology. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, so I got caught between the medical board and the cosmetology board. I was compliant with the medical board, but not compliant with the cosmetology board. So it was just this 
this this disaster. And, um, you know, you don't want to be in that situation. Trust me, it was a very, very expensive situation to be in. <laughs> and, you know, this goes beyond just uh, medical directors. It varies from state to state as to who is allowed to provide what service. Right. And um, I had an example of a uh, esthetician who worked underneath me and did microdermabrasions and dermaplaning. And she moved to California, where estheticians are not allowed right. to do those services. And if she had not looked into that and explored that, she could have gotten herself into some trouble. Right. Same as Florida. Florida is a physician-only state. Mm-hmm. So unless you're a nurse practitioner, you cannot do cosmetic injections. You cannot operate a laser or an IPL device. So um, we get students that, that want to come get certified, and they're in Florida. And my response is, you can't. Even if you have a medical director, your scope of practice does not permit it. So, you know, if you're unsure, if you're listening and you're unsure of what your state's rules and regulations are, you know, I would definitely advise you to reach out to us or, you know, AMSPOT is a great resource. Um, they are a team of attorneys that really work hard in the industry to um, help everybody with guidelines and regulations. Um, I know, you know, Alex very, very well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're they're a great resource. Absolutely. And going on to my Achilles heel, (laughs) hiring is tough. I think it's Uh, one of the hardest things that I do as a small business owner. And don't you feel like it's getting harder? I don't know if it's the generation or what, but I feel like people just don't want to work. Well, I I am constantly amazed at how people will simply not show up for job interviews yeah. or will show up not looking well put together. Yeah, or be late. Or be late. Um, and I know that both you and I have some nightmare hiring stories. Yeah. I feel as though I've gotten a lot better at it because I now have a very strict hiring protocol in place. Mm-hmm. But even still, I make mistakes. Oh, I mean, I think everybody does. And I, I think, I, honestly, I kind of want to blame, I don't really know what I want to blame. I just, I know there's been a huge transition in far as far as work ethic goes. I mean, it was a lot easier for me to find quality staff 10 years ago than what I feel like it is now. I feel like we really have to screen candidates to make sure that, you know, they know everything and and possess everything and aren't just selling us on who they are. I mean, resumes don't always, (laughs) they're not always accurate. So, but, you know, what are some things that, you know, you want to warn people about? I mean, what do you, to our listeners, what do you think they need to pay attention to? Well, I think that some of my biggest mistakes have been made when I feel rushed to hire. And in a small business, it's very easy to feel rushed to hire because Mm -hmm. if you only have two part-time front desk people and one is about to leave – And you know how vital your front desk is to answering phone calls and getting those people in the door. Um, As an owner, you feel rushed to hire somebody. But that is the time when I consistently will make mistakes. So one thing over the years that I have found so helpful is to cross-train as many of my staff as possible 
because then that means that I will feel less rushed when I can pull perhaps an esthetician and she spends a few hours a day answering the phones and helping out at mm-hmm. the front until I am able to make that good hiring choice. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I know I I know in my my practices I have cross trained several professionals and it is helpful. One of the things that I struggle with is just and I keep going back to it is just the work ethic. So what I look for on resumes is looking for consistencies with employment. If mm-hmm. I have a resume that comes through and they have changed jobs every year, even every two years, even every three years, I don't even look at them because to me, they're job hoppers. I, I want to find somebody that's going to be with me for the long haul. And in this industry, everyone, you know, getting somebody familiar with your business and getting them seasoned the way that you want them seasoned, it takes time. It really does. It's really an investment. And you don't want to spend six months getting that employee comfortable with your practice and knowing the ins and outs of the services and the pricing only to have them leave a year later. That's that's not going to do anything for you. And so I think looking for work ethic and finding a candidate that has that strong work ethic, you know, a go-getter, someone that's going to to work hard until the job's done right is important, but it's hard to find. It's very hard to find. I also think it's so critical to find somebody whose personality fits with the culture mm-hmm. of your business. Um, for example, at Genesis, my medical spa, we have a very, very team-oriented philosophy. Um, we work on monthly goals together. And if everybody, if, if we as a team reach that monthly goal, we all get a bonus. I don't give individual commissions. And in part because I feel the person answering the phone is doing as much for the success of my business as the person who is actually administering the treatment. And I want to honor and respect that. But not everybody likes to work in that environment, and not everybody is a team player, which isn't necessarily right or wrong. Some people want to come in, and they want to be in charge of their own treatment room and do their own services and get their uh, commission and leave and know that nobody else is going to mess with their room or with their customers, and that's absolutely fine, but that's not my work environment, and it's so very critical to make sure that I am hiring people who are comfortable, and and that's the work environment that they want. Right, right. And, you know, I've seen it work both ways, Lisa. I I love how you have your structure at your business. Um, With my previous businesses, um, my staff was uh, awarded based on their own individual efforts and growing their business. And, you know, if they were taking the extra steps to really spend time in the consultations or build those relationships, then they were rewarded for that. And then as those customers continue on with them, it ends up being a very lucrative position for them. But I also found that bonusing them as a whole was helpful, too. Um, But, you know, there is a a very interesting trend happening in this industry where aesthetic professionals are paid salary as well as commission. And and owners need to be careful when awarding commission because, um, you know, I, I just interviewed an esthetician for one of our customers right now who is being paid 50 percent commission on all of her services. And this is just not something that owners can afford in the medical spa industry. So, you know, being able to find the right employee that is going to work, but also understand 
kind of understands their place based mm-hmm. on their education. You know, where you're not going to pay an esthetician what you would pay a nurse practitioner. Um, if you have an esthetician coming in out of school that's wanting $80,000, that's not going to make sense when you can hire a nurse practitioner with a medical background that is also trainable to do what an esthetician can do. So yes. knowing what your limits are as a business owner financially and knowing what the capabilities of your employee, what they can produce for you, I I think is equally important. Wouldn't you agree? I think that's an excellent point. Uh, One last point that I'll make about the whole hiring process, I have found it helpful for me to have a very strict protocol in place. So for example, uh, we do a phone interview first just to Mm -hmm. make sure that they uh, answer the phone at the time that we've agreed upon and that they sound uh, reasonably professional and mature. And then we do uh, a minimum of two in-person interviews with various staff so that I can get feedback from uh, different parts of my med spa, from the receptionist, oh, from smart. the providers, um, as well as from the different personalities that I already know and trust. And then, if appropriate, we'll do a hands-on where we're asked the esthetician to uh, actually administer a little facial mm-hmm. so that we can see her uh, touch and her feel. And if I strict, if I stick to that strict protocol, I get much better results in my hiring than again back to if I'm rushed right. and I do a phone interview, bring them in quickly and then just offer them the job. Well, and Lisa, what you said about doing kind of a working interview, I really like mm-hmm. that idea because it gives you the opportunity to see how this employee interacts with your staff and your patients. Yes. And again, you can be a great esthetician, but if you don't have the right hands-on skills, that also can hurt your business. So you want to make sure that the employee you know, knows how to properly administer treatments and knows how to have a good facial provided and is relaxing. You know, nobody wants a facial that is rough <laughs> no. and not relaxing. So That's why I don't do facials. Yeah. <laughs> I like facials, but yes. I mean, why I don't give them. Oh, right. <laughs> you don't want right. me doing your facial. <laughs> Well, um, again, if any of this is speaking to you and our listening audience, if you have questions about compliance, legality, if you want to learn more about what we have learned over the years about hiring techniques and, and training and helping staff to be the best they can be, reach out to us. Absolutely. And even if you don't have time to look for the right professional, you know, we do offer recruiting services. I think we're pretty darn good at hiring. Um, we do our due diligence and do kind of the protocol that Dr. Lisa was just sharing with you. But if you have any hiring questions or any, you know, rules and regulation questions, yes, please reach out to us at www.dermaestheticconsulting.com or find us on Instagram at dermaesthetic-consulting and click on our bio where you can schedule a strategy call with us or learn more about us. But we are so thankful that you joined us today. This is our second episode and we're still new at this, but we are so excited to be here with you today. And thank you for joining us. We hope you will tune in next time as we continue to talk about um, different things that cause medical spas to fail. Join us soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Everything Aesthetics, brought to you by Derm Aesthetic Consulting. 
The ideas stated in this podcast are not meant to guarantee success for any individual business, and no warranties regarding the advice in this podcast are implied. We hope you will join us again soon.